0: Speak and destroy. Speak and destroy. Say what? Speak and destroy. Yeah? I said it. Okay.
1: We're doing ASMR now. we are doing like... That's really, where all the money is. Oh, is
0: that where you're like really quiet and...
1: Yeah, well I said it softly because you said it softly. Oh. Say it with the chest.
0: Speak and destroy! Speak and destroy. Oh. Hey. <laughs> My name is Andrew. With me as always... Stephen Reed. Oh, I was just using first names today. What? I was just going to use first names today. We can use last names,
1: too. Oh, they don't know me on a formal level. That's fair. I'll use my last name, and they will respect me. Let me just put that up. There we go. Steve, what did we do today? Uh, Let's see. We made fun of Jim. Oh, yeah, we do that every day. Oh, you mean what do we do while making fun of Jim? Yeah. We saw Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2. Volume 2. It's another Marvel movie, of which there are
0: three this year. What were they? It's going to be this, Spider-Man,
1: Thor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Thor, Ragnarok, Spider-Man. Cooming. Imagine if it was just a movie about him like, masturbating at his house. Isn't that what Spider-Man's already about? No, no, no. No, it's not. He shoots white gunk out of his hands. This is true. How'd, how'd, you, feel about, how'd you feel about Gardens 2? It was good. That's good. <laughs> that, well, that's the end of the episode, everybody. All right, goodbye. That's the end of the podcast. We'll see you later. All right. Play us out.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was you fine. thought it was just fine? I thought it was good. You're, you're laughing quite a bit. In the, in the theater. Yeah, there was, there was some great comedy there. I just I don't think it was like their best movie. What would you say beats it?
1: The Avengers, Iron Man, The First Guardians,
0: any of the Captain America movies.
1: I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. It's hard for sequels to be better than. Yeah. You lose like the magic.
0: Well, yeah, especially with Guardians because it was like this unknown thing, and everybody's like, "Oh." It's like is- that,
1: uh, like uh, that Avengers syndrome. Like, you know, Avengers is never good uh, as good as the, like you know, the next time you watch it, because like that magic's gone. And, like, yeah, they're all together.
0: I mean, the first one still holds. though I still watch it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it, like, but I think the Guardians too. The problem was like nobody knew it was going to be any good, especially from like hardcore comic fans, and then. They watched it, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is crazy!" And suddenly, all those characters became like A-list Marvel characters overnight. Yeah, yeah. So it was like never going to have that like craziness of like, "Oh,
1: what's the what's the plot of it? What's the plot of this one? Is it just a bunch of uh, space battles?" A little bit. Uh, this plot, of this one is, you find
0: out who Peter Quill's dad is.
1: Yeah, and they they uh, uh, deferred uh, from the
0: comics a lot. Yeah, they went away from their comics. They uh, they introduce a character played by Kurt Russell,
1: yeah, beard. And now, who is his father? And who is Star Lord's father in the comics, Andrew? That's uh, a guy named Spartax. He's just like—is he like a god? Also, no, no, no.
0: He's just like a—he's uh, a space douchebag who runs that empire.
1: Is that his title? Like when he gives out business cards? Uh, I would hope so. Spartax, space douche, space douchebag. Call call me when you need something impeded on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, yeah, let's do this without spoilers for the first bit because it's brand new. Um, yeah, it's the big thing that you might not like about this one going into it is for a large, large portions of the movie split up the cast. Yep. Um, so that already might, I think that's kind of one of those tough things when you're doing these big team driven movies is you want to see the team together. Yeah, but maybe time, maybe
1: not. Like they didn't have to have them separated for so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, they a little bit of separation is nice because, like you were saying in the car, we get a little bit of a character development, character beats. Yeah, those quiet moments. But yeah, like for huge portions of the movie, like Rocket and Groot are completely off doing their own thing. Even the group that's together, the secondary plot. Um. Like Drax is kind of like just off on his own the
1: whole time. It, sometimes it felt like it didn't. They didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. Other than like, like because the, be sto- the story is just basically written around Peter Quill and Peter Quill and his
0: dad. Yeah. So it's tough for everybody else. It's a team
1: movie, but at the end of the day, this is Peter Quill's movie. And that's one of the things, like I would say, like, is my biggest like flaw with it is that I enjoyed the movie very much, but like. I don't know, it feels like there wasn't enough to fill in the holes left by like if just, you're not part of the Peter if Quill If you're story, not part of the Peter doing? Quill like father storyline, what do you do? Yeah.
0: And like they have the potential for some stuff there like Drax gets like a new friend in the character Mantis who's new. Uh Nebula is back from the first one, Gamora's evil sister, and there's like a lot of scenes between them like Kind of like talking about their relationship and, you know, the, that's the only time we really get any Thanos stuff in this one is like hearing about him through them. Yeah. So like there's they're kind of mining the, the relationship between them. Yondu gets paired off with a rocket, which was interesting. And Baby, some, Groot. and Baby Group. And Baby Group. And you get some good stuff out of the two of them, but it's all very small bits because the main core of the movie is still just Peter Quill and his dad. I wonder if that was the original plan, or if it was because the first movie made a slight deal out of his dad. You know, like, the mom says something early on, she goes, oh, he was my angel from space, and you're just like, oh, his mom's dying, so she didn't know. And then they had that stinger line from Yondu about, like, oh, you know, like they were there to get him for his dad. But, ah, that guy's a prick, so who cares?
1: Yeah, even the Nova Corps lady says something about, like, there's something, wrong, there's something odd about your bio uh, mm-hmm. biology.
0: So I feel like going into this one, everybody's like, oh, we're fine. They're going to find out who his dad is. And so I feel like they – I wonder if James Gunn kind of felt like an undue pressure to really make that the movie. It would
1: be funny if it was just, like, a regular dude, like a space trucker.
0: You know, it's just like, oh, you know, I yeah, your I, mom, I, I, and then
1: I left. I don't know. I didn't buy any space condoms. Yeah, yeah. So, How are those different from normal condoms? Uh, no, they're from space. You use them in space. Then I had some space semen. So, so, <laughs> I, yeah. I have very
0: powerful space semen. It's very fertile. Um, so, yeah, like, that was... So let's talk about the the two build villains before we get into spoiler stuff. Aisha and
1: Taserface. Uh, yeah. All the
0: reports going on this movie were that they were the two big villains. How do you feel about them, Steve?
1: Uh Taserface is just like uh he is a villain, but he's kind of just like a It's a joke. As a joke, he needs to be there. He's just like a he's a he's a plot pawn. He just needs to be there to move shit along. Mm-hmm. Uh what was the other one? The gold Aisha, people, the, the Aisha, the yeah, Sovereign.
0: The leader of this group called the Sovereign. They
1: I think they were good for the opening bit. Yeah. But I was like, why are these people still being used? Yeah. I was they, like, why are they coming back? Because that. <clears throat> Cause even in the final battle, which we'll talk about a little later, they're there. Yeah. But I'm like, why are you there just to fill so they have other stuff or we can just watch shit explode?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it's like. I was like, like, why are you here? Yeah. Aisha is a pretty big character from the comics. Like like not recently, but I believe like in the old school, like Jim Starlin comics, like with Autumn Warlock and stuff, she was really a decently sized chunk of that. But I don't believe any of what they had her do in this movie was like that. What she used
1: to do in the comics. So they explain the sovereign in the beginning. (laughs) I like in the beginning, they're just like, if you do any kind of misconduct, it's seen as a slight against them and they'll kill you on the spot. They're very proper to Mm -hmm. the core. And like in the first five seconds of meeting Peter Quill, she's like, I'd very much like to be dicked by you. Yeah. I was very like, I'd very much like some vitamin D, please. From that Christmas. And I was like, are just supposed to be like, oh, like pride and prejudice and fucking. Oh man, what <laughs> you must court me before you fucking uh, squirt me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and even then, like Rocket com- is like, oh, they're all douchebags, ha ha. And like they're all like, <gasps> and he's like, oops, said it aloud type thing, yeah. And then like that wasn't even the reason they were like after him the whole movie.
1: I mean, um, I guess they joke like for scientific purposes.
0: Hmm. Oh, about the dicking.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, about the hard dicking. Mm. Um, would you would you fuck one of those gold people? I mean,
0: Elizabeth Debicki's hot.
1: What else has she been? I, I didn't recognize her. I think that's her name. I gotta, I gotta look that up just to make sure.
0: Um, uh, she was in. She was the villain actually in uh, The Man from Uncle. Oh,
1: Um, I guess I'd. I don't know. I guess if I only wanted to know what it's like to fuck an Emmy, that's been turned sentient I guess I would because they're just like giant gold people they're not giant they're human Ma- imagine self. if a gold one picked one up and he's like well, I never thought I'd win Elizabeth best supporting be.
0: actor <laughs>
1: Drax just picks her up she's like "Ah!"
0: Oh, and he goes I won I won I did it you like me
1: yeah so I mean I did not like them to, yes. I did not like them as a focal villain, and because yes. they were not fleshed out other than just like, oh, you, you, you know what they were? They were the version of that trope. They were basically a space gypsy that they you bump into and they just curse you for no reason. Oh yeah, they were that trope, but in space, like like and in all gold. Yeah, like in holes. Like you didn't bring me up the mountain, so I'm gonna I'm gonna curse your whole family. They're just like that. You didn't let me in your castle, so now you're a dog man. So now you're a dog your man. People
0: are talking <laughs> candles. Enjoy looking
1: at that penis when you pee. Mm. Um so the main cast is still really good. Who, who do we got? Who are the guardians? We got, we got, Peter Quill, we got Star, Star, guy. Star Guy. Star Guy. We got Derek. <laughs> Chad is in the mix. And we got Bathroom uh, Accounting. <laughs> Star Lord, Gamora! Drax, Raccoon, Groot, and Beth Beth, from Accounting. She's keeping them on. We don't know the numbers. We don't know the numbers. Beth. We don't have the budget for this. Beth slams down her briefcase. Everybody calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she sound like Sandy Wexler? I don't know. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. Beth, you crazy bitch. What are you doing? She's got that tax thing. <laughs> She's like, the budget
0: has been balanced. They're so like, oh, thank God, Beth. Oh, thank
1: God. Yeah, so it's Star-Lord with Chris Pratt.
0: You got uh, Rocket Raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper again. You yeah, they're all, they're all still like... Dave Bautista, who's been given a much bigger role this time because I think they realized how funny he was, so yeah, he stole the they're show. they're all still doing a, a great job. So Donna as Gamora. Uh, Vin Diesel's Baby Groot,
1: did you think he was overused or not? Because I think Baby those- Baby Groot, not really. The only time I ever fought... I thought it, we were in trouble because I felt the opening with him was forced the opening credit sequence Yeah, the opening credit sequence um because um there's they're fighting a big squid monster that you saw in the trailers and, and it's basically like t- uh, remember the first one where Peter Quill's dancing in the ca- in the cave is, yeah. before he steals an infinity stone it's basically that but they just forced baby groot in it
0: Yeah, it's baby groot dancing to music because While the whole, just kind of walking around the battlefield and in the background you're seeing them fight the monster. Because the whole
1: thing up. felt first because Rocket's like, everyone's like, Rocket, why are you setting up music right now? It's like, Peter asked for it. He's like, no, nah, that's not important. And I was just like, okay, it's just to make him dance. Mm. But then throughout the rest of the film, I really didn't mind him at all. Yeah, I think people were kind of worried that they were going to overuse the cuteness. Because again, same thing. First
0: movie, they only had Baby Groot in that one after credits sequence where he's dancing to the Jackson 5. And... You know, he's kind of like bopping around in his plant uh, or his his pot. And I feel like everybody's like, baby group, baby group. And he like, he exploded from that one little bit. So then they were like, okay, we're going to have legitimately him as a character. Even though by the end of it, he seems to be like halfway towards being full size again. So I was like, what's the the timing curve on this? How long does he stay as a little baby before he suddenly becomes regular Groot again? But uh yeah, I mean he wasn't I, I was a little bit worried that yeah, he's going to be overused, but I think they used him sparingly enough after that.
1: Now, how did you feel about uh how did you feel about good old Kurt Russell? Oh, he's great. As he Ego great. the
0: Living Planet. Yeah, so he is Ego the Living Planet.
1: Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was quite good.
0: Yeah. Is that perfect like Roger? I
1: would say he's up there for like I was like finally a decently he seemed to be like decently written. Yeah. It's like, in the, terms of like, I'm not giving it like high praise because, like, but the bar is pretty low for Marvel Villains. Oh, you said it. So I thought he was pretty good. I was what? trying
0: to signal to you not to say these villains are in spoiler free territory.
1: He's, everyone knows that. How mm. do you not? Like, as soon yeah. as they announced it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's, let's jump into the spoilers then. All right. But before we do that, uh, how see it, don't see it, rent it. What would you think?
1: Oh, definitely see it. It's yeah. really fun.
0: I would say see it. I don't think that this... This is... The one thing that's bugged me is I feel like we're in a, a stew of Marvel movies that are like just good enough. Is it a thick stew? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beefy stew. Oh. Well, like Ant-Man, I kind of consider like just good enough. Like pretty pretty good, but not like one of the Marvel movies that I'm like, I got to see that again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, Civil War was great, but I feel like that's a lot of the goodwill was just... It was built on so many of the other movies before it.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Like, a lot of the newer movies now. Like, Doctor Strange, I thought, was just... It was alright.
1: Doctor Strange was okay.
0: Yeah. Like, I wasn't blown away by it. Um, what were the other most recent ones? Age of Ultron, I guess, which... You know.
1: Age of Ultron's not recent. Wasn't it? Age of Ultron was a while ago. Wasn't that Phase 2? Aren't we in Phase 3? Or did Guardians kick— No, because Phase 3 is starred by Doctor Strange, right? Uh, I've lost track. Oh, no, Phase— what, what are we— What is— it? Marvel Studios, what are we, pregnant? I can't remember all these terms. What are we— It's the third what time. What are we after? having the baby? <laughs> That's Infinity War. Oh, you're in Phase 4. Phase 4. What are we, the fucking moon? I don't know what this mm. is. I hate the phases. Yeah, but I just— I feel like there hasn't been a great, great Marvel movie in a little while now. And in, in the Waxing Gibbon phase, they're going to be making the the fucking Gibbon movie. Oh, I am looking forward to Thor Ragnarok. I feel like that's gonna be the That does look fun. The it, best one I like this. it because it looks fun like Guardians, kind of.
0: Yeah. But uh so yeah. So let's jump into Spo. So yes. The reason I was kinda like leading Steve with that early question about uh Taserface and um Aisha is because the real villain of the movie ends up being ego. A planet fucked his mom. Yeah, he's he's a living planet with a brain in the center of him that creates like a Ava- like a human avatar in Kurt Russell and we got like a flashback scene of him and the mom back on Earth in the 80s like together um, but you know like it's already kind of like weird because he puts this weird plant thing in the ground and he goes oh it's growing and you're like well that's gonna come back
1: and it does come back and then you see it again in another scene I was like so this thing survived like no one found it it survived yeah, nobody, 34 years of winter yeah nobody ever was like this is a weird looking plant well, not 34 years of winter, but 34 seasons of winter. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, ha- no one trampled on it. No one pissed on it. <laughs> Nobody like picked it. It was like, yeah, no, no one picked it. It no was one- just in the back yard no on of a, a- dairy queen. <laughs> yeah, it was in the back. No, no one on a hike was like, that's fucking weird. That's a glowing... What is that? That's a glowing plant thing. I don't like that. I mean, we got reports of people being like, there's a dumb Bigfoot, but no one's going to report that weird-looking plant? That, that clearly, like a force field thing. That is. has a force field and clearly looks alien?
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Ego, the leaving planet, is Peter's dad, and he's a celestial, so that makes Peter part celestial, which is how they try to explain the whole question of how he's able to hold the Infinity Stone at the end of the first movie without like immediately dying yeah um, so yeah the whole thing is like at the beginning rocket steals they are hired by the gold people to like protect these special like rare batteries from this squid monster that's coming out like I don't know
1: how stealing. rare are they are they those Duracell ones where you could like remember you could like press the sides of them and see how much charge they had left maybe I, I love those
0: batteries Uh, so just for a laugh, Rocket steals them anyway, which is why the gold people are chasing them the whole movie. Yeah, and again, it was it was a fun opening sequence. He took like
1: three batteries.
0: Yeah, that's like not even a remote's worth. Just like let them Uh, go. You know, maybe these are really powerful batteries, man. We don't know. You're gonna tell me the charge level of an alien battery (laughs) that doesn't exist in the real world? You sir,
1: how do you know? how, How do you know? How do you know? You've never been to space? I have imagination. You haven't been to space? I have imagination, sir.
0: So, uh, <laughs> so they, they, yeah, there's that opening fun scene where, like, their space fleet comes out to them and is attacking them. And the whole gimmick there is, like, the, the f- there's, like, a fleet of, like, fighter ships that are all drones. And there's, like, you consistently see, like, the gold people piloting them back home. and it's, Yeah, because like, they
1: make some comment, but, like, they will not do any kind of battle that endangers the life of any person.
0: Yeah. Of their so, people. Yeah. So
1: they, uh, yeah, they play like a, a video game. Yeah, it's,
0: like, it's very, like, it's got like Galaga sounds. Yeah. And shit, which is kind of funny. But again, it was one of those things that like, it was a great opening gimmick, but then they do keep coming back. Yeah, it was the a movie. great
1: opening gimmick. And I was just like, I can't take these guys seriously after I saw that. And you're making them like the main bad guys? Yeah.
0: So they didn't really work. Taserface is a member of the Ravagers, which was the team Yandu's on, like the, the group of mercenaries that helped him out last time, but are also like, you know, like, they tried to take the Infinity Stone from Peter at the end of the first movie, and he gave him a fake. So, they're still, like, the crew is still pissed about that. In
1: terms of the Infinity Stone, the, the, he gave it to the Nova Corps, right? Yeah, they that one it? was, he gave it to the Nova. Um,
0: but the crew of the Ravagers are still like, oh, he screwed us over. Yeah, they're upset with... But the- Yandu being, like, this movie kind of really hitting it home that Yandu was a real father figure for him. The idea is that like, Yondu keeps letting him off the hook. So, Taserface is a member of the group who, like, revolts. They do a coup d'état. Yeah, they do a mutiny, and he takes over the group. Um, so they get hired by the gold people to go after him, which is how those two little stories intersect. So the main their ship of the guardians, the guardian ship crashes on a planet after getting shot down by the gold people, and they're saved by Ego, who would come to like, you know, save the day. And he kind of yeah. Shows I guess up. they
1: explain like he sensed them finally, like in near his like.
0: Well, that wasn't his plan. He was just tracking them because he'd heard the stories about the Infinity Stone.
1: Oh, right, right, right. And yeah. he's like,
0: oh, any human that can hold an Infinity Stone without getting burnt to a crisp, that's got to be one of my kids. Yeah. Because we do find out later he had been going around just banging anything.
1: It was basically you're that like when Ego explains his backstory, he was basically, he went, it was, it was his, uh, his college years. Yeah. Just sexually experimenting on anything that he could like yeah. pound his DNA into. Mm-hmm.
0: And then none of them took, and he just disowned them all. Yeah. Into a hole. <laughs>
1: into a mass grave.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, what did they do? Okay, so then-
1: They crash so, line on the planet. So
0: they crash line on the planet, and he's like, that's where they have the weird split happens, where he's like, I'm your dad, Peter. I've been looking for you all these years. And Peter's kind of like uncertain about it. He goes, this feels like too convenient. And Gamora's like, oh, you should just- this is what you've wanted, your dad, to meet Yeah, him. speaking
1: of that scene and like even a little bit throughout the movie, did you find the pacing to be odd sometimes? Yeah, at times. They found the dad like incredibly quick, like the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean like, he
0: shows up like immediately and it's just like, oh. I was like,
1: here. wow, really?
0: Yeah. Because he shows up on his ship and like blows the rest of the Golden People's fleet out of the sky to save the day. And then like kind of goes off in a different direction and they're all like, oh, well, who the fuck was that? And then like a minute later he lands in front of me, like, oh, all right, why did he just why did they make it look for a minute like he was gonna like disappear for a little while? He, yeah. He shows up right there. But uh so he comes with this woman named Mantis, who's uh a new character from the original comics. She's mm-hmm. kind of a mind reader. <clears throat> She's
1: an empath. Yeah, she can like
0: touch you and like feel what you're feeling.
1: Or like force feelings upon you.
0: Yeah. Um, so he that's when they split him up because for some reason, Drax, um, Star Lord, Gamora, go with Mantis and which the split
1: up didn't make sense. I was like, first of all, why didn't they take Baby Groot? Yeah. Second of all, if they're like they know these people are after them, they take Drax the Muscle to not be with the ship because they leave
0: Rocket and Baby Groot all alone with the crash ship, and they have Nebula because the whole thing is, I guess, at the beginning they do that job for the gold people in exchange for Nebula. Who they had captured. But the gold
1: people, the Emmy people are so incompetent. How did they ever catch Nebula? Oh, I have no idea. That's That part's never explained how they had her captive. It's like, oh, we got her.
0: We we got her. We tricked her into thinking we were statues. Yeah,
1: we all stood <laughs> still. Ah, gotcha.
0: <laughs> gotcha, Carrie and Gillian. So they leave her like barely chained up to the side of the ship. Doesn't really look like the most I was like, couldn't you just thing. break
1: that off with your robot arm? Yeah, which she did last time. What's the point of having a robot arm? Yeah,
0: didn't that happen at the end of the first movie? She, like, detached her arm. And she, her yeah, she,
1: yeah, she did, because uh, Gamora was trying to lift her up or whatever. Yeah, and she, she detached, detached her, her arm to get away. I don't know. So um,
0: the Ravagers show up. That's when Yondu's like, Oh, we got paid by those gold people to come get you guys. But, you know, we're not going to actually give them – we're not going to give you to them. We're going to just take the batteries that you stole. And that's when his group is like, all right, fuck this. You keep giving them second chances. You keep giving Peter Quill's turn. And then that's when they do the uh, revolt. Yeah. But, yeah, so they take Rocket, Baby Groot, and Yondu prisoner. Nebula's just kind of there.
1: Um, When Nebula betrayed them – or not betrayed them, but um, Nebula shows up, and she's the one that helps capture Yondu and Rocket. Yeah. I didn't realize Yandu's thing was uh, like a control panel. Oh, so his, when she the, the shot of that off of him, I thought he died, and I thought I was seeing his brain. I went, "Ha ha!" Oh, it, yeah, it, it
0: frightened me quite a bit. Yeah, because Yandu's got like that little red fin on. the Yeah, of his I did not head. know
1: that, and it freaked me out. Yeah, that's it what uses me. to
0: control his flying arrow.
1: I thought he got scalped via a laser
0: bullet. He kind of did, but then yeah, then they give him another one later. The more traditional one. Yeah, like the bigger, longer fin, which looked cooler on him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going with that plot line, then they just kind of eventually like manage Like Nebula convinces Taserface not to execute the three of them. She's like, oh, they all have bounties on them. Just, just get the money for the bounties. Which again, it was just like, it felt necessary to the plot to explain why these guys wouldn't immediately just Kill Yondu and Rocket during a mutiny. Yeah, but I was like, why is Nebula of all people the one who's like, "Hey, hold on."
1: Yeah, do, do, don't you don't you kill these people? I don't care anything about.
0: Yeah, so then she takes a ship and heads after Gamora because she's like, "I'm going to kill my sister." Then I'm going to kill Thanos to prove that I'm the better.
1: What's your reasonings for want to kill Gamora? I was like, yeah, I'd i want to kill her
0: too. Yeah, about the idea that like Thanos would pit them against each other every. Single I was like, day. yeah,
1: and make them fight, and who and-, and Gamora would always
0: win, so. <laughs>
1: Thanos would, like, rip off parts of Nebula to replace her with robotics to make to her make better. Her. I was like, couldn't you throw a sister a bone and, like, throw a match? Yeah, you might have a robot arm, but at least let her keep some of her body. Yeah. So, uh, eventually,
0: using Baby Groot, they escape. Because that's when Yondu gets his new fin so he can control his arrow again. Just massacres a whole bunch of people with it. It's pretty cool That was scene. a cool scene. I like yeah, looking at it. He's just going it. nuts. So they, like, blow up the whole ship. The one dude who's, like, loyal to him helps him escape. I forget his name. Uh, Kragan, I think. Kragen, Craig, something uh, like that. Kragan, something He, like he was, like, the only one that I recognized from Craiglin. the first movie out of their group. They kill Taserface, like, immediately, so he's already gone. But, like, at the last second, he tells the gold people where they're going to get his, like, dying
1: revenge. I just—Taserface's uh, t- death really hit home because he's, like, he didn't accomplish what he wanted— and he died and he, being made fun of for he stupid name. he like died being depressed, and I was just like, oh, I need to do more stuff. <laughs> well, at least you're just not getting laughed at for having a dumb name, though. And I probably won't die in an explosion. One would hope. One would hope. Yeah. So, that's good.
0: But yeah, so then they, uh, going back to the other group, Drax kind of hits it off a of Mantis. Like, they just have, like, a fun pairing where he's constantly making fun of her, and she's, like, bad at socializing, so... St- doesn't really get it, but they're fun together. Yeah, I like, I like their scenes. It was fun. Yeah, there was, there was a good dynamic. Uh, Gamora and Peter kind of have their like, will they, won't they moment, which I was like, all right, fine. They're not... I'm not super interested in theirs, though, really, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, like, I, if just seeing them hook up. I don't really care. If they did, that'd be fine. If they didn't, I'd be fine with it either way. I, I don't think it's that they don't have chemistry. I just, I kind of like the idea of them just being like battle-hardened buddies in a way.
1: Yeah, because, like, they keep talking about—you see them as, like, this little family. I know what happens in the comics and whatever, but, like, seeing it on screen, just, like, you don't want to see your brother and sister kiss. Like, they're supposed to be, like, this—you see them, like, it's, like, this. they're, like, this misfit family. Like, mm. I don't want to see well, I them. I thought
0: like, they were going more for, like, he's the—they're the mom and dad to Groot. Mm.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess so. But they all felt like the parents of Groot, because they, they all have a scene with them, like, pampering him or taking care of him. Yeah, because he's a little baby. It's even that, that scene where, funny. like, Drax kind of, like, pats him to sleep. On yeah. his shoulder. Yeah, he's. Big Papa Drax. Big Papa Drax.
0: Uh, so, yeah, then uh, Peter kind of learns that he, you know, he has this, like, light, I guess. I don't know. He's got this weird... He's cons- got the power of the Celestial. He's got the power of Celestial from Ego, and I guess he's got this ability to make shit. But, like, all, we only really ever see that come to fruition in, like, a scene of, like, he makes a ball of energy, and they throw it back and forth in a very, like, obvious... We're bonding. scene that, like people in the theater were laughing at.
1: Yeah, people were laughing at it, and like I wasn't sure if they were like doing Met that to the, be if the movie was being self-aware. I kind of think they were. It kind of felt like I don't it. think
0: James Gunn would have put that scene like he did, but I don't know that it was supposed to be laugh out loud either. Yeah, I, yeah, it just felt kind of that scene felt weird to me. Yeah. So uh meanwhile, we find out Mantis is freaking out. Like, there's some secret that she's keeping, and she's afraid. Um, Nebula shows up, tries to kill Gamora only for them to stumble upon what we'd mentioned earlier this mass grave of bodies Yeah, and it's becoming more and more obvious that something's wrong with Ego and then it turns out that he has gone around the entire universe just planting those little plant things from the beginning on multiple planets
1: basically making them extensions of themselves to further yeah, his reach so he's going to use the celestial
0: DNA of Peter I guess somehow to like fuel this creative process where he's going to like terraform all these habited worlds to be more egos. Get it? Because his name? No. Oh. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Trust,
1: the, trust the guy named Ego. Good. So yeah, like it turns out that he's trying to remake the entire universe in his image. How did, my question is, how did Ego fucking know anything? He was just like, I... Oof. Changed my body to what I think would bio, uh, what a life would look like. I was like, how the fuck did you know what a human looked like? He's a celestial. You were, and he's like, I am He's mean, a floating
0: brain in space that made a planet He must him.
1: be so good at sex. Kurt Russell? Yeah. No, no, not Kurt. Why you think about Kurt Russell having sex?
0: Him fucking Goldie Hawn? Sure, why not? What? I don't care They I made rom-coms that.
1: together. I don't care about any of that. All right. What I was talking, talking about, about
0: he fucks like so many beings.
1: That's true. He must be fantastic.
0: I like there's a sequence where they're consistently walking through this hall and hit the house he's built on on himself, I guess. But yeah, uh, is it weird to build stuff
1: on you? I don't I think
0: so. I don't
1: know. Yeah, put in our Starbucks on the crack of my ass. <laughs> um you get
0: the feeling that he spends more time as that human version of himself though. I like that they didn't they weren't completely like it's not like in the comics where he has a giant talking face on the side of his planet. There's one quick yeah. sequence where like like you can kind of see the light on the surface of his planet in the shape of a face. In the
1: sh- yeah, but it doesn't really do anything. But
0: they never do like he's a giant literal talking planet. So, I guess he could live inside the house on him maybe. But uh yeah, there's like the scene where they're going through the hallway and there's like these like moving dioramas of his life story. Yeah. And, like, you get the first part of it. And then when Peter starts to realize he's evil, you get the second half of the story where there's, like, this diorama of him just fucking different aliens, like, kissing different aliens. It's like an orgy diorama. He's essentially got, like, a a montage to his sexual
1: exploits. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But, as you are saying before, he made that. It's like, like, no, no, no. My dick was more like this. Yes. How, how, no, how, no, no. I was 69. How was it? Yes, I, yes. I was 69ing that jellyfish monster. Yes,
0: yes. yes that's how it was. Mm, perfect. Perfect. Oh, yes. So we find out that, like, he has been fucking across the universe, essentially. And he has had other, plenty of other children, but none of them, like, had the gene that he wanted them to have. So that's why Peter's important. Like, Peter gets it. But, like, apparently he's just killed all his other children.
1: Yeah, he had Yandu pick them all up, bring them to him. Without mm-hmm. Yandu knowing, he thought he was just bringing them to him.
0: Yeah, to meet his dad. But he
1: was just like, well, you can't do it, and just killing them.
0: Yeah. So, meanwhile, yandu has got, like, a small subplot that sh- crops up at one point where Sylvester Stallone, of all people, shows up, and it's essentially like you're you're out of the main Ravagers group because, you know, you betrayed our core values. We don't traffic kids.
1: Here's the thing, though. I'm I'm glad that you got that, and it took me a while to kind of I had to think back to that scene and like, oh, that's what he was talking about because like, unless it's very you can't give Sylvester Stallone such like key dialogue like that because yeah. you can't understand what he's fucking saying. Uh, yeah, hey, man, you, hey, Andrew, to, you
0: know, we, we people we, we, we don't, don't pick up kids. We you don't betray don't. the law.
1: <sighs> So I was like, "What the fuck did he just say?" Yeah, that's what he was saying. And I kind of had to piece it together the through The Ravagers, kind of
0: the main group of the he Ravagers, he broke the
1: code. Yeah, you never deal with children. Yeah, so he
0: broke the pirate code from Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Yeah, but I was just like, "Do not parlay. Do, do not do that." I don't think Sylvester Stallone's a bad actor. He, oh, he was he's very in good in the. Yeah, I was about to say those emotional scenes in Creed, but like, I don't know. I just couldn't. Well, really. it was
0: especially it was a distracting sequence. Exactly, I forgot that he was in it until. Because they had said, of course, that he was going to have a cameo. And then, like, I saw his name in the opening credits. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. Stallone's in this. I wonder who he's going to play. Y- yeah. You and need- then you see him, and you're just distracted by the fact that it's Stallone, and you're trying to figure out who he is.
1: And you need to, like, have a scene, like in Creed, where it's kind of like a somber. And like you're like, oh, this is this, uh, uh, a lecture I need to pay attention to. It's important. This is dialogue. But I'm looking at a blue fucking guy with a red mohawk and a and a, a bunch of gold people walking on a blue rug. And I'm like, I can't pay attention to what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, I'm just distracted. i say, just Stallone. Yeah.
0: And you also kind of realize that he and Rocket are kindred spirits and the fact that they're both kind of like the douchebags of their group.
1: Because they feel too much. Yeah.
0: The hole in the heart. Type feel moment. too much. So Rocket's kind of like paying for the fact that he's been like such a douchebag the whole time, just kind of getting them in trouble. So they arrive just as everybody else has realized that Ego's evil. And so they decide that they have to kill Ego because that's the only way to stop him. And we do find out the, like the fucking heaviest bit was he really did love Peter's mom. He had gone back to Earth to see her like three or four times and realized that he loved her so much that he was like, oh if something doesn't stop this, I'm going to keep going back there and I'm just going to stay I'm gonna on her. stay there. I'm going to have
1: a happy life with her. And So he gave her the brain tumor that she died of. He put a tumor in her head. Yeah. Because was- the pussy was too good. It was, it was too good. That was the premise of the movie and I can't get over it.
0: She was too good. Well, I think it was that their love was too good, Stephen.
1: Nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> um, Because if you make that kind of trip where you're like, light years away, but come back three or four times. It's not for love. What are you doing in my shoe closet, Rowdy? Smelling your shoes. <laughs> Rowdy, get out of there. It's not for love. It was too good. Yeah. He, he he liked him that too much. If he was if he was a rapper, if Ego was a rapper and he was ha- he was getting strange like that, uh, he would come out with album after album of pure fire. That's true. So he
0: um he, he um yeah, so as soon as he says that, Peter kind of snaps out of it and gets... Because he's kind of falling for his dad's spell. Wait, he,
1: Andrew, do you think that's why he has to have Mantis put him to sleep? Because of Quill's mom? Oh, maybe. It's too good! I'm still man Mantis fun. put me to sleep! I'm still, still haunted. Haunt
0: Quill, man. this boner! Uh, So they decided... They, uh, it wasn't really explained how he was using Peter...
1: He said that they need two Celestials in order to have enough power to activate the seeds. They kept stabbing. But like, also, with, like, how energy. does he know that? I don't know. He's the only Celestial he said that he's ever seen. He doesn't yeah. even know if there's any more.
0: So, like, yeah, he's he's essentially using Peter's a battery. He's I just guess. a
1: brain floating in space.
0: So he, uh, they drill down into the core of him and find where his brain is. You think he'd uh, have a
1: little more defenses?
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised. His
1: brain's just sitting there. Um. Uh, but yeah, so this is the whole
0: thing. This is like Yandu's there, Nebula's there, they're all together as a group now. Mantis has decided to fight with him. That was th- I think that was the thing it was supposed to be Mantis was keeping him asleep the whole time so he couldn't mount much of a defense. Was she keeping him asleep? For a lot of it, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, 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 that's true. She yeah, She was like she keeping him under so he her could Her hand on like his like, on, like planet, the brain Planet yeah. vein.
0: But then the whole thing, the problem was that Aisha and the gold people show up again. And that was the part that we were talking about earlier, where it's this final battle where everybody's fighting them while Rocket and Groot are trying to set up a bomb to destroy Ego's brain so that he can't. Because we see he starts, he does start to terraform all these planets. And it's like this. Bubbling like matter that's like destroying everything. And once again, when it
1: cuts to Earth, people are just like, What is that? Let's look at it for a long time. Oh no, we're dead. (laughs) I was like, That's what you get. You deserve to die. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, it was interesting.
0: But yeah, it it was like the gold people didn't need to be there again. They just,
1: they were there to die. we're,
0: We're here again. It was just to have a big. It was. I think it was really to give the rest of the Guardians something to do. Yeah,
1: because they were like, "Oh, they all can't fight Ego." But I was like, it could have been cool if they did something interesting with each part of the, uh, each Guardian's, like, fighting a different like section of that planet he's controlling or something like yeah. that.
0: Because then eventually, like, Ego is he kind of like the, Mantis gets knocked out at one point, so Ego's Ego is able to wake up and he starts like attacking them with like the very matter of his planet and stuff, which was interesting.
1: Yeah, I just don't think for like such a cool idea of them. Their enemy this time is even bigger than uh, Ronan the Accuser. It's a planet, and it just wasn't. It doesn't have to be grand, but it wasn't as interesting as it should have been.
0: Yeah, and again, I feel like that, like you said, it would have been more interesting if they were each fighting a section, yeah, like some something.
1: Yeah, send some molten core at them. Yeah, so. Send a dolphin at him. We got
0: or dolphins on planet. Or he was just creating planet. like his own army or something. At least then it would be something, him. Something. Yeah. He had. Him.
1: He did not for uh, for looking for Peter as long as he did. He made no kind of plan once he got him.
0: Yeah, it was just like, oh, you're totally gonna let me use you to rewrite the reality. Why if
1: people like found this planet and he's uh, just like, oh, we're gonna build a Six Flags. This is gonna be a great spot to make a.
0: Wouldn't he just open up like a, a sinkhole? <laughs>
1: I guess he could. He's like, fuck you. Why didn't you just do that at the guard? Just, it just didn't, I just didn't like it. I didn't hate it, but I was just like, Marvel can't end things.
0: Yeah, it was, the, the big emotional payoff comes from the fact that Peter taps into the powers that he gets from Ego's planet and uses it to beat the
1: shit out of And there's some really Kurt cool Russell. parts in that. He turns into Pac-Man at one point. That yeah, was that cool. was cool. Because he can basically terraform in the Earth. Create matter. Or create matter into anything well. he wants as well.
0: And I love the bit where you were talking about, there's a scene where Ego is like doing his evil monologue at him, but uh, he it's doing it as his Kurt Russell body, and it's reforming after just having been destroyed. So he's coming in, it's like slowly like a skeleton, like the muscles are growing back, the skin's growing back. It just looked really interesting. And that's some
1: of the cool stuff, because Guardians, I like James Gunn, I like the Guardians movies, because... Um, <laughs> they think outside the box. Yeah. And they just didn't do that for, like, the ending, like, half hour I'll of either movie. Of either one, though. It was, yeah, it was just, like... No.
0: It's just, like, the big set-piece battle. And
1: I don't know how much of that is just, like... Because I don't feel like that that's the director's, like, what they originally wanted. I, I 100%. Picture,
0: I can picture him doing something really weird with the whole idea.
1: I would have preferred that. I really enjoyed... The best parts of the movie is the weirdest parts. There's um part where... Yondu and Rocket are trying to jump warps to get to Ego, back to Ego's planet. Yeah. And they like – Rocket makes it jump too many at a time and they start like freaking out and like weird trippy – and I thought that was one of the coolest parts. Yeah, and
0: you also got a bunch of uh, quick little glimpses of Marvel planets including – a nice little bit. Revealing
1: of, Stanley's pretty much a wa- a watcher.
0: Yeah, he is the watcher like everybody had been theorizing yeah. this whole time, and that's the reason why there's so many of him.
1: I'm like, that's really clever and it's like funny and it's like weird. Yeah. Just be weird with it. You're in space. Space is weird.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, so it, it does culminate with the whole emotional payoff I thought was good at the end, which is the revelation that Yandu was the dad he'd already he's always been looking for. So they do destroy ego but by that point like everybody else has taken off so it's just Yandu and Quill left and Yandu kind of sacrifices himself to save Peter type thing.
1: Yeah, there's only one spacesuit and one jetpack. Yandu jetpacks Quill with the spaceship to the his the Ravager ship that's in orbit mm-hmm. and just dies in space. Yeah. The emotional ending of this movie is extremely good. Yeah, it was great. It's extremely well done and it's probably one of the best endings And on a satisfaction level of like any Marvel movie.
0: Yeah, like that emotional payoff.
1: Like it made me less mad at like what we just talked about, like the battle and stuff because of that.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is just that like the action aspects of the ending were kind of like standard Marvel. Yeah. And like you said, they didn't really go as weird. And like you said,
1: make it weird. You you literally wrote a movie explaining why a planet had a penis. So go as weird as you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it ends with them kind of giving him a funeral, and you know the idea that they're gonna. I get Nebula kind of takes off at the end. After she's going her, to kill Thanos. She's, she's going after you She's not
1: killing him. Yeah.
0: So she kind of has a reconciliation with Gamora before that happens. It just kind of ends there. I like
1: the stuff between them.
0: Yeah. The the sister, Again, I feel like there should have been more. The of
1: character that. like development arcs are are really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the character beats are terrific. Um, But Marvel, I just think they just, they just, like, they think, I feel like they, like, not just pander to the audience, but, like, kind of think, like, we're just mindless, like, drones. And we just want, like, because they just try to shove action where there sometimes shouldn't be. Mm. I think
0: there there should have been some more interesting stuff they could have done with the final battle on Ego that was more centered on him. Yeah. And just ignored Aisha and the gold people for a little while. Or... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like the goal people should have been written out earlier. They have a good point to them and a stinger of why they're being included so much.
1: They're kind of yeah, they're kind of like I don't know. They're but, they're like the kale of the movie. They're good for it, but like nobody wants it.
0: Yeah, I was so. I mean, it's again, it's one of those tough things where it's like Marvel kind of fucks up a villain. Ego is probably one of the more charismatic, interesting villains we've seen
1: so far, and I like. And that's why it hurts so much that he was kind of, like, done that way at the end. Like Ultron. Yeah. Ultron was very charismatic. I loved Ultron. I was like, they did him so bad.
0: Yeah. I don't – and again, I think the plan here – I feel like too many times now when we're talking about superhero movies, we rate villains on their, quote, unquote, plans. It's like, oh, how's the plan? Is the plan good? I, What's their plan? I mean,
1: I kind of understand why they have to have, like, that kind of plan. Like, there needs to be a scale Yeah, there needs to be to a it. motivation
0: and scale. And I like that his was essentially, like, I'm going to make more me's cuz again but if it also, he's named ego it Yeah, makes but at the end of
1: the day it was destroying the universe to build a better universe.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean it again, it was just generic scenes of destruction of that blue matter gunk. I
1: knew it wasn't going to happen in this movie, but I really want a Marvel movie where the villain just fucking gets away. Yeah. Uh I, again, it was one of those things where it's like do you never want to use any of these people again? Is Loki the only one who's like uh free from this curse?
0: Yeah, exactly. Cuz Taserface it's killed
1: he Loki was alive died, at the end. Yeah, if Loki died in the first Thor, we never got because he got so much better after the yeah, first I know. Thor.
0: Exactly. So it, I don't know. It just it does suck that they didn't want to bring him back. I get why. Again, he's he's kind of reminds me in a way of uh, the Purple Man from Jessica oh, Jones, yeah. where it's like he's too big and too personal of a threat. He had to die. So you're kind of like he's one that I can see them being like, he. There's no way we can keep him alive, really. Yo, you gotta die. But yeah, there's just it's too many Marvel villains are dying. And again, I feel like the problem was A, a lot of the best jokes are in the trailers. Uh, the entire sequence that happens right near the end with Groot and Rocket and the whole don't press the button was right at the right in the beginning of the original trailer. And as soon as I hadn't seen it for a little while, I was like, oh, that's totally them trying you to blow up ego. You almost bored.
1: You almost want to be like, "All right, fast forward through this."
0: Yeah, you're just like, "Okay, I've seen this whole bit." Also, having seen the fact that he's trying to place a bomb inside something in the trailer, it's like, "Oh, cool! He's trying to get it. he's going to try and blow up ego."
1: Yeah, for when I first saw the trailer, I thought it maybe that was in the beginning. Yeah,
0: but as soon as you realize as this soon as, as the that end, didn't you know happen, what, the what it is. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, as soon as it happens, not at the beginning, you're like, "Oh." What else are they going to try and blow up aside from Ego's brain? Should have,
1: should have protected your brain better, Ego. That's where your dreams live. Yeah, man. That's where the memory of that sweet, sweet poon lives. Yeah. Oh, the one
0: that haunts him at night.
1: <laughs> The one that is bone chilling. Bone chilling. Gets him
0: to the core. The
1: Literally. Only, the only other thing that kind of Literally. Me is I think uh, there was some comedy where there shouldn't have been. Me and Jim yeah. were talking about this. Uh, um there's a sequence where he... There's a scene where he first... And that's why I had to put that tumor in your mom's head. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. And he just like... It's so like... He just says it.
0: So casual. It's just like, why would you be mad about that?
1: He's like, I just had to put that tumor in it. And him. I love
0: that Peter Quill's immediate reaction is just... He goes, what? And then and just, just shoots, shoots the shit
1: out of it. And then immediately it's, they try to do this like comedy bit where he's like, and I tried to give you a form you'd like the most. And he turns into David Hasselhoff.
0: Because there's like an opening joke that they use that like he was Peter Quill's childhood hero. And Peter Quill would, like, lie to kids. Because he loved like, Night Rider. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, David well, I was just Hathall's like, why would
1: you do that after you just had the emotional bomb that he put a tumor in his mom's head? Yeah. And here's David, here's the Hoff?
0: Here comes the Hoff in a cameo.
1: I don't want to see the Hoff when I'm thinking of a, a woman dying from a brain tumor. Yeah, it was,
0: there were some bits that you're just like, okay, interesting. I, it's like,
1: I don't know what this scene wants to be.
0: There was a few scenes like that I felt that way too with Mantis and Drax where, you know, like really none of the characters actually spent a lot of time with Mantis aside from Drax.
1: And I was like, I feel like we're supposed to feel bad for Mantis because she was basically like a slave, a pet. Yeah. But like you never get that because like you just said. Because like Drax
0: is consistently like making fun of her in his way, in that Drax way, which again, it was funny. David Batista was great. He worked really well with the actress. But there was a couple scenes, like there was specifically the one final bit when you get the feeling that they're going to include Mantis in the team going forward, when um, they're kind of looking at the fireworks at the end, and she goes, it's beautiful, and Drax kind of looks at her and goes, it is, and so are you, and you're like, Oh. and then he goes, on the inside, because there's this running gag that he, for some reason, thinks she's ugly so as all repulsive. hell. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of like, I felt like there was, that was one of those moments where like we didn't need another Drax joke.
1: Yeah. Be careful Marvel cuz he David Batista is wonderful. Oh, he's so good. And you at will this. overuse him. Yeah. Because you guys don't know when to quit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cuz if you
1: I wanted a
0: couple of good Cuz again, Drax has a horrifyingly tragic backstory in the comics.
1: Yeah, he so does. So far they have barely touched. I was like, you aren't going to do it right. I, I wonder really, if they're going to do it at all when he sees Thanos. I
0: don't want them to do the Moon Dragon like in the comics, his daughter ends up being Moondragon, who's a powerful psychic character. Um, it is Thanos who kills him directly and his daughter yeah. before he gets resurrected as Drax, and she gets saved as Moondragon. Um, but they already ruined that by claiming that Ronan was the one who killed his family.
1: Unless they could write, like, he didn't know the truth or some bullshit and I guess, like that. And
0: again, the whole thing is Drax is a human who was just brought back to life by a Celestial to yeah. kill Thanos, so... Making it this whole thing of like, oh, I'm a different alien is like, okay, you're already not using that part. So yeah, I kind of don't want them to try and like re, you know, like yeah, rejigger his story. I'm at just the end.
1: saying I don't oversaturate him.
0: Yeah, I don't want them to try and course correct this was
1: the story. right level. You can even tone it down a tad. Yeah, I wouldn't mind like a couple of
0: sincere moments. But if from you him. do
1: what you did from this one, from the first one to this one, I will get people will get sick of it.
0: Yeah, so. Just because you realize you have a secret weapon in Dave Batista, don't overuse that secret don't weapon. Don't you leave Dave Batista alone. Yeah, he's perfect at this
1: level. Yeah, he's perfect the way he is. So funny.
0: Be- almost all the best one-liners
1: are coming Vin from Vin Diesel, the easiest paycheck ever. Yeah, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Even Groot. less. He must have recorded even less. He said I am Groot maybe like... A couple times. Uh, f- eight times. Yeah,
0: he was almost more of like a a physical presence in this one.
1: Yeah, he he really was. And it's just kind of like, oh, there he I is. I was like, the Vin Diesel yeah. come in for, for a day? Yeah, probably.
0: Um. All right. So, yeah, it ends with Yondu dying and they kind of give him a funeral. The other Ravagers all show up to honor him and that's when they're kind of like doing like, they're doing like space fireworks, which I don't think works, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't do fireworks Don't in space. you need oxygen? oxygen? yeah. But anyway, whatever. It looked kind of nice. It's only the key component of fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> one of the key components. I'm sure
0: that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson had to say. <laughs>
1: but, um,
0: yeah, so they kind of like, you know, they have this nice moment with a send-off of him. Um, That's where the one bit that, like, again, distracted me at the end was, it starts showing all the different captains of these various other Ravager ships. All right, we see Stallone again. We see Ving Rames. And we see uh, we see Michelle, what's her name? Yo, Michelle Yo, from Crouching another. Tiger. Oh yeah, uh, and they're all like saluting him and like doing this like kind of
1: chest thump salute. Because I guess Rocket told them of Yondu's sacrifice, so they just believed a talking raccoon. Yeah, and they're, they're like, okay, met, that they never met. Yeah,
0: and they're like, <laughs> okay, we we honor Yondu now after having cast him out. But you're, I was just like so sad. I'm like, why the fuck is Ving Rhames in this? Why the fuck is? Michelle yelling us, why is Stallone back? Like, I was so confused. So then we get to the actual ending where it has been converted. There's, there was, I had heard this before, there are five different. Way too many, Marvel. What the hell was that? Five different post credit stingers. That's too much. There's no reason. You could arguably say that there's even more than that because there's all the little scenes of them, like, doing stuff in the bubbles.
1: That's fine. I, li- I love when movies do fun stuff with, like, credits.
0: Credits start with one song. Song of ends, we get the scene of uh, the one other Ravager who survived, who's, like, I guess part of the crew now.
1: That scene could have been put at the end. Like, that could have been in
0: the actual movie, yeah. Like, he was practicing whistling and commanding Yandu's arrow because they, they grab it at the end. Yeah. So now he's got the little fin there, and he's trying to practice with it and then, like, accidentally stabs Drax with it. It was kind of funny. Funny. Liked it. But you're know, like, okay, that's one. And I saw people kind of getting up in, like, clusters after each one, and I was like, who here has actually read that there's five?
1: Yeah, and people were like, literally, like, I heard people going like, another, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was the next one? Uh, the the next, next one was, was the um, original Guardians team gets together.
1: Yeah. Like, it goes to
0: Stallone. Who's Starhawk. Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be Starhawk, even though he looked nothing like Starhawk. Yeah,
1: in his, in his original team.
0: He's like, For, in Yadu's memory, let's get the, this gang back together. It's like him, Michelle Yo. Ving Rhames, uh, this kind of diamond-bodied guy who I guess was um, the guy who played Lex Luthor on Smallville, and some then, CGI guy, and then like a talking computer head that was apparently voiced by Miley Cyrus.
1: And then Sly Stallone says, and only only the way he can, that's going steal some shit. That's steal some
0: shit. So I guess like that was supposed to be like a nod to the original.
1: I'm like, okay, okay. Comic book, it, like, 70s. Pushing it, want to get home, uh, sitting in his chair for, like, two hours and now. again,
0: but that whole part was, like, I I would honestly love it if they cut that whole bit because that, to me, was, like, too distracting. Why
1: didn't they put that part with the original Guardians team getting together? Why didn't they just put that at the part where they were honoring Yandu?
0: They could have done that. I honestly just feel like that was... I feel like it's too distracting because too many famous people, and it just felt too much like everybody was, like, Hey, call James Gunn. Tell me. Tell him I want to be in a in yeah. his Marvel movie. Yeah.
1: And then what was the one after that, Andrew?
0: Okay, the next one after that was like the actual main stinger. It goes back to Aisha and the Gold People, which I really,
1: I really like that one.
0: That one was probably the best because like she's just completely unkempt. She's not
1: make like, that your looking only uncredited scene.
0: Yeah. And they're just like, what do we do? The High Council wants to see you, and she goes, Oh, why? Because I wasted our entire fleet. And she goes, Don't worry, I've got something better. And they're like, It, it was said earlier that they're. They're perfectly made in these birthing chambers. She goes, "I've reused one of our birthing chambers. Something even better. I call it Adam, and it turns over, and it's clearly supposed to be the Adam Warlock oh, cocoon. Yep. So they're gonna, do, and they have announced that they're gonna do Adam Warlock in the next movie. So that's why they're in here. She does have a connection to Warlock in the comics. So yeah, that uh, that's that would have been good as a stinger. And then you're not done yet, though. Then there's another one that's like this was the funny one that could have actually been at the end. Have this be the two. That one teasing Adam Warlock like for the next movie, and then one is like Peter Quill yelling at Groot in his room, and it's clearly like oh yeah I forgot bigger. about that one yeah yeah he's, he's like teenage Groot, and it just and he's just just being the moody teenager
1: playing a video game and I want as many Guardians movies as it takes to make Groot old man Groot oh that'd be great. Well, he's just like talking to like grandkids, and like I'm I grr. fought in a space war too. I am Groove.
0: That one was funny because it was just like, all right, cool. Like they're showing that he's going to be regular size Groot Fine, again. Fine,
1: losing losing my patience. I'm not. And I'm then not the last one is
0: again showing Stanley with the Watchers again, but they had already shown that was earlier. He, yeah, we
1: didn't need that. It was yeah,
0: it was very unnecessary. And, and again, to, like the worst one of the
1: bunch. It was the worst one. Like I was telling you on the car ride home. I liked. <clears throat> the Watcher one when they were in that passing scene it was quick yeah earlier so they already did it so that's why it didn't make sense but then you're having Stan Lee act and for as minimal as it was it was horrible yeah like, he's oh, oh, like come oh on, come on guys why are you leaving
0: me here and, who's my life I said this
1: before it just seems sad because it was like a bunch of grandkids that don't want to be there at the home to visit their granddad he's like I've got
0: more stories to tell i got a couple more
1: stories where are you going it's Like, don't leave me Granddad, you're reminding me of our own mortality and we want to leave. Don't leave me. <laughs> Don't leave me. It gets dark outside and it gets dark in my mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, they definitely didn't need to go that. over. I, I would have preferred... I think they could have cut the one with the arrow. They definitely could have cut the Stallone one because that was... Mm-mm.
1: I like the The Stallone nod. one becomes part the, of the scene in the Yandu one. Yeah. Get rid of the Stanley one. You already did it. Yeah. Um... Like we said before, the training with Yondu's arrow could have been put at the end of mm-hmm. the actual movie. Boom, two little things. To the Teenage Groot and then Adam Warlock. Yeah. I just,
0: I, I really don't like the way that they did the Stallone one just because, like I said, yeah, I don't know. It was just too distracting. Because
1: James Gunn usually, he's not he's an actor that usually has intent. Yeah. Or not an actor-director.
0: <coughs> so I don't know. If, if they came back in the third one or in Infinity War... Maybe that'd be interesting. No,
1: don't put them in. Fame. No, don't yeah, you're do right. That. Don't
0: put them. In. There'll be too many people. If they come back again in another cameo, there's too many. people. That'll be good. It's
1: looking like a high school fucking graduation. True.
0: Yeah. I if they did another cameo with this original team, that'd be fine. Uh, I don't want them to be a big part of another movie. I don't want them to show up in, in an Avengers movie. Like at least do something with it beyond just this single like sequence though because again otherwise it it really just feels like a bunch of famous people who are like oh I'd love to be in a Guardians movie put me in a Guardians movie I don't care just and, find a way to put me in it
1: and like Miley Cyrus you know is probably just like oh yeah I'll- I want to stress and like um, Andrew probably feels the same way you can correct me if he doesn't this is not a bad movie oh no it's it's a good it's a good
0: movie. damn good movie but I'm kind of disappointed Hysterical because movie.
1: Guardians started out it's like the poster for the first one was like you're welcome yeah the tagline and like, what a bunch of a-holes. Great. This is a M- Marvel movie that promised to like break the norms and kind of delivered on the first one. Yeah. Faltered a little bit. And then this one's just like, they're just beaten with the formula.
0: I feel like the first one, the, the place where it fell down on the first one was just the climactic. The end. Yeah. The, the climactic battle where it's just like, that
1: you gotta have.
0: Generic, like, you know, like army of punchable bad guys you know, attacking random populace of innocent people. And I feel like, yeah, this one is even more because I honestly feel like Aisha and Taserface are only in the movie, like at all, to cloud the fact that Ego's a villain. And you feel like I feel like every bit of the marketing was, you know, focused on Aisha, focused on Taserface to a certain extent, and the Ravagers. A lot of the scenes of the action that they showed in the trailers were them fighting the Sovereign or the Ravagers.
1: I mean, don't worry about, like, hiding it. If people find out who cares, just worry about... If it's written good, no one's going to give a shit.
0: Yeah. Well, I just... Again, this is a bigger problem I have with Marvel in general is the way that they... And, uh, you know, DC is doing this a lot, too. CW, DC does this way too much, is announcing their casting lists, announcing their general plots. I get that there's, like... a a huge community for this stuff online who is rabid and wants to see it. But it just ruins it for the casual fans who are just like, I just want to go in and be surprised. You know, like, going into this movie, I was like, there's no way Ego's not the villain. Yeah. Because Taserface is just way too obscure of a Marvel character to actually have him be the villain. And I was like, even Aisha and The Sovereign, nothing about that screams, like, yeah and again, you have to remember they seem to be pursuing like legacy type talent for their villains mm-hmm. you know um Robert Redford was a villain um who's some they're doing Kate Blanchett. yeah, you know, they've got Josh Brolin lined up to be Thanos you know it feels like they're kind of trying to get these bigger name actors now to be their villains,
1: even in the um <clears throat> tv because the defenders that's coming up the main villain is sigourney weaver yeah
0: sigourney weaver it feels like to a certain extent they're overcompensating the fact that they don't write their villains that well by just getting bigger and better actors to do it soon there'll be no crime because they're all dead <laughs> yeah that's true too but uh yeah it just i just kind of wish that they'd stop you know if, if you're going to tell me like oh We've announced the new additions for the next movie. It's Elizabeth Debicki, who's only been in a couple things so far, mm-hmm. and Kurt Russell. Yeah, I'm like just based on how Marvel's been making movies recently. I'm like Elizabeth De- Debicki sounds like the type of character that they're going for, like a reoccurring small role, mm-hmm. you know, because they love getting new young talent and locking them into these long contracts. But Kurt Russell sounds like the type of name that they would go for for a villain to be like a big splashy name that people like and love, but who's, who we can only afford for one movie.
1: Yeah, and a little minor thing that disappointed me, and like, I don't know, maybe the full one I'll like more, because it might be more... I'm probably not going to be listening to the soundtrack of this one like I did the first one.
0: Yeah, the soundtrack didn't really live up to the first ones, I don't think. It's kind of weak. I, know, I don't know if it was a weak song choice. I think our friend Jim was saying it in the car right home. It was just... They didn't really use it for any iconic sequences as
1: much as they did in the first one. Yeah, I really like how they're incorporated in the In the first, first one, one, they felt very organic.
0: This time, it just felt like they put a bunch of...
1: This song's, song's like, old, you remember it. Yeah, they and put if a bunch you of don't, songs. your granddad does. Yeah,
0: they're just putting songs in it because they're like, oh yeah, people liked the soundtrack of the first one. Like, I feel like if I sit down and look at the song list, I'm going to be like, yeah, there are some great songs in this one. But I always felt like they were very much in the background, very much just like... There to just be just like there.
1: a top ten of like old songs, like yeah. that guy used to do, Casey Kasem. Mm-hmm. Here's another oldie but a goodie. I'm a ghost. <laughs> oh god, I've always shaggy.
0: Yeah, I did. I did like that bit at the end though, when he gives him his Walkman's been destroyed, and he gives him a fucking a zoom. zoom.
1: That was so good. He goes, "All oh, the yes. people on Earth are listening to this. Now. Like, we
0: believe that all the people. It holds three hundred songs. Three hundred. Like
1: three hundred songs. Wow." Yeah, so overall, it was definitely good. Go see the movie. It's not like...
0: It's not like a DC movie right now where you're going to walk away being like, why did I do that?
1: Yeah, I, definitely I
0: not. You're going to have fun with it. It's a good movie. I don't think it's the type... Like, this isn't the type of movie that I would want to buy or anything like
1: that. I'd watch it again eventually.
0: Yeah, it's it's not like Avengers 1 that I can rewatch over and over again.
1: And like... But it's just like... I think it's just like... Marvel's been doing this for so long. It's just weird... It's be- to it's see, become predictable. It's weird to see that they haven't tried to break any norm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's
0: unfair to them because, you know, they're doing it better than any other company is doing it right now. These big shared universes. Um, but even just look at Star Wars right now. I feel like with just the only two movies they've, they've done since Disney took over Star Wars, they've already done a good job of differentiating and themselves. Taking some liberties. Yeah, and taking some risks. Like... Force Awakens felt like a pretty, like standard type of, um, you know, new Star Wars movie. Kind of like retread the first one a lot, you know. And some people don't like it for that. But then you had Rogue One, which was completely different and like went for a very different war tone.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's what they need to do. With and Marvel. there's some things that like Rogue One did well that Force Awakens didn't, and vice versa. But yeah. they still took.
0: Yeah, you could f- tell that they were different things. Where it's just like. The you way,
1: can, yeah, you can tell they're doing that because they have different directors for each one.
0: Yeah. And then the, the way that Marvel movies just fall into this this pattern. I mean, it's a joke at this point. And the fact that they're not really doing anything to correct or address it is a little bit concerning. Because it's like you know that Ken Feige and all the higher-ups have to know that there's all these jokes on the internet about how formulaic these movies are becoming.
1: That's true. But at the end of the day, what do we know, Andrew? We're just a couple of schmucks. That's true. I I would say if
0: they ended this whole thing with the Infinity War movie, that would be perfect. But if they want to keep it going after that, which I know that they want to, they're they're really going to have to step it up and kind of start thinking outside the box.
1: You know? In terms of like how they do the movies or in In, terms terms of what they make movies on or both? Um. Because we're getting close to a Gibbon movie is what you're saying. Ta-
0: no, no, no. I'm saying like how the movies are made. I don't need them to go completely weird with the character choices. Like there's plenty of A-list Marvel superheroes that they haven't given movies to yet. And that they could they could do another Hulk movie. They could do – as long as they get the rights sorted out finally. Yeah. Uh, they could do a Black Widow and Hawkeye movie. They could do movies with these characters they have. Or, you know, pull from some other big characters that they have. They just have to figure out, you know, how do we get away from this Marvel formula that's starting to drag us down, which is uh, have an origin story that's just Iron Man again, have a villain who's just the main hero, but an evil version of him again, Mm -hmm. which even kind of happened here.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Um, He really is just... The way Ego presents himself, he's just an evil version of Peter Quill a lot. Um, to the point that they even, like, allow Peter Quill for a while in that final battle to have Ego's powers and fight each other with him.
1: So, like, but yeah, it's got... I mean, take it... Oh, yeah, it's hysterical.
0: It's take your, hysterical. That's take what your father to
1: see it for Father's Day if you hate your dad.
0: Yeah. It's a good Father's Day movie. No, it, it is a hysterical movie. I was laughing my ass off. I just don't think that it will hold up as a great superhero And ladies, be,
1: be careful who jizzes in you. Yeah, that's It could true. be an off-worlder. It could be... Uh, Ooh, that sounds a little like keep our borders... I don't like saying off-worlder. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't know, man. Can we have borders
1: in space? Space wall. Space wall. Space wall. Space wall. Space
0: wall. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best talking you planet. You will be able to see it from space. I am the best talking <laughs> planet. I'm just going <laughs> to sow my seeds everywhere. I'm gonna make every planet a Trump. I feel every, like if you talk every like that, planet is no a No one,
1: he wouldn't, we don't have to worry because he would be celibate by force.
0: Yeah. He'd be like, oh my God, guys. Every single planet is a giant Donald Trump head.
1: <laughs> it's, it doesn't even grow a face. It just grows his hair on top of the planet.
0: Boop. Boop. It's like, oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. Go see it. Definitely go see it. Don't let anything that we said, like, uh, Persuade you otherwise. It is a good movie, but yeah, like it's absolutely. I mean, if you if you live in if you have listened
0: this far, then you either don't care about spoilers or, or you're soft. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah, I mean, I would say right now I really want them to double because I feel like this one was a little bit disappointing. Just, double down on the weird. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. I think they just have to. You know, it's disappointing compared to the first one, but I think they just have to kind of shake this off because. This one's still good. It's not bad, but again, I think compared to Doctor Strange, well, I was just
1: gonna say like, Ma- ah,
0: Oh, I got poked by Mike and ran away like a small child.
1: <laughs> magic. Yeah, that's not really magic.
0: Yeah, I I just feel like Doctor Strange was also like really generic and.
1: I just wish like I
0: watched it. and I was like, okay.
1: I I just wish like it was. It didn't. It's a movie about magic, but it didn't feel like a fantasy.
0: Yeah, it just felt like a and Marvel he's movie. Such a dick. Yeah. He
1: never really grows.
0: So, oh. so yeah, I mean, it's good, but I just, I hope that they kind of double down because I feel like DC is losing fans because their movies, at least in terms of the movies, because their movies are just hot train wrecks, but I feel like Marvel's yeah. going to start to lose fans out of just boredom. You know?
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Or like, we'll just take it for granted. Like, I don't, people, are, these movies are going to still keep making a lot of money, but I feel like it's just going to quickly become like a oh yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. It was yeah, it was fine. Yeah.
1: Like does ego feel it if like people like if there's oceans <laughs> on and people dive into the ocean, does he feel it it? Is just feel like if like, people are walking on top of Yeah, he's just like ah Yeah.
0: For speaking story I'm in agreement.
1: I'm Stephen Reed.